Ciao a tutti. Hi, everyone. Happy Monday, November 22nd. Yo, this month is flying. Huge shout out to everyone listening on Twitch, on Apple, on you know Spotify, on YouTube. We're gaining a lot of traction, Alex and myself, and we're just putting ourselves out there. So huge shout out to everyone who's listening on whatever platform you're listening on. Thanks for getting us to this point. Uh, we we definitely have a lot to talk about. <laughs> There's it's been it's been a very interesting weekend for the Prem, for City Up, big games, big. I mean, I want to really see surprising news, but uh, surprising news, <laughs> long overdue <laughs> news. <laughs> there you go, long, long overdue. Over- I think long overdue is an understatement at this point. But anyways, we'll get into that. We'll get into, uh, we'll talk about the menu. Obviously, we'll talk, we'll do a quick recap of the, the EPL weekend, a uh, quick uh, recap of the City A weekend, and uh, what's to come this week with Champions League, with uh, everything that has to do with Manu, yeah. with uh, just everything that has to be talked about. We will talk about it and give our opinions about it because that is what we do and that is what we love to do. That's another understatement. Lo- lo- love to do is uh, it's, it's much more than that. Everyone's aware of that by this point in time. But uh, like Alex said, we'll do our recaps. Uh, Alex being the specialist in Prem. Uh, yes, when you want to take it off, man, it's all yours. The floor is yours. I mean, I'll take it. Uh, I'm going to do it quick, quick, because I feel like I overdo it a lot of times. But this will be a quick one. Uh, let's start off with the top three teams. You know, business as usual, Liverpool, Man City, Chelsea, business as usual, Liverpool trashing Arsenal for nothing. Uh, if it wasn't for Aaron Ramsdale, this game could have been six, potentially seven nothing. Uh, Ramsdale has been a key player this year for Arsenal. He has changed the Arsenal team. Uh, happy to see it from Sheffield United. Everybody doubted him because he got relegated. But uh, Liverpool, just doing Liverpool-type things, dominating at Anfield, uh, could have easily been 7-0. Arsenal did fight somewhat, but uh, you just could see it's just... It was men against boys. That's literally what it was. Yeah, as, as much as Arsenal's kind of getting back on track, like you said, it shows that there is still a huge way to go. But, I mean, the scoreline... The, 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 the scoreline kind of, you know, if you're a fan, is like this disheartening, obviously. Like you said, it was clear that they fought, they played. It's just the, the difference in quality was just evident. And you can't blame them for that. You know what I mean? Yeah. For uh, what I was seeing on Twitter, it was a lot of people were, they weren't even mad. They were just like, look, we were playing Liverpool at Anfield. What were we expecting? Like, yeah, I know like... people, there's some fan bi- uh, biases that, like, oh, we could have, no, we all know you go to Liverpool. You play at Anfield, you don't expect to win. Like, as a Chelsea fan, I will say it. I don't expect to win. A draw, I'm perfectly happy with. But anyways, uh, continue on. Man City played... Well, why, why am I having a backlash here? Man City played Everton. Ah, Man City played Everton. <laughs> Same thing. Uh, Everton played 11 at the back. Uh, Rich Allison had nothing. He was frustrated practically 85 out of the 90 minutes of the game. Uh, Man City couldn't really get anything till the 35th minute about when uh, Jao Cancelo with what an absolute dime of a side uh, uh, outside foot pass to uh, Raheem Sterling with then Raheem Sterling with a volley straight into the corner. Pickford had no chance. 
Then uh, Rodri's second goal was an absolute bullet that hit the top left on uh, Pitford's net and just absolutely nothing Pitford or anybody could have done. Uh, deserved win. Uh, same thing. Could have been maybe a 4-5-0 game. Not as dominant as a Liverpool. But still, Man City deserved it. As a typical Man City at, at the Etihad, you, you don't expect to win. You don't expect anything. Yeah, you Fuck, can't expect uh, much. Losing by one goal is probably the best Everton fans could have hoped for. Rafa Benitez <laughs> is in deep trouble. They have been struggling in the season. They have been struggling recently, which uh, sad to see because I had very high expectations for Rafa. I like Rafa, but uh, yeah, I mean, you're going to Man City against Pep against that team. Mind you, they had a lot of injuries, a lot of this, a lot of that. But Man City is to me the best team in England, talent-wise, and yeah. Uh, quick Chelsea Leicester, practically the same thing. Chelsea absolutely dominated the game. Uh, 3 0. The game could have been 5 0, 6 0 if the oh, fucking Chelsea stopped being offside. Because I feel like every time we score, we're either offside or something happened beforehand. Uh, but yeah, we had our yellow jerseys on. Uh, Christian Pulisic jumped in at the 65th minute. Uh, I'm guessing with that yellow jersey, he kind of had that Borussia Dortmund feel, so he ended up scoring. Uh, <laughs> a lot of talk of Hakim Ziyech getting loaned out to Dortmund in January. Uh, when he subbed in, he played astonishing. So I'm guessing, I mean, the yellow Dortmund-esque shirt kind of motivated him. Uh, but yeah, it was a great game, dominated. Uh, Could have been 5-6-0. I mean, typical Chelsea win. It's typical games from the top three. That's what you expect. And and uh, I feel like I feel like before you move on, sorry, by to all the listeners, I say you drop that stat that you sent me of him and Peter Cech. Mm. I think is a worthwhile yeah. stat to add before you move on from this Chelsea game because it's pretty sick. So everyone, pay attention to this one. This stat is ridiculous. So you have, as we all know, Peter Cech probably the EPL's best goalie of all time, arguably Chelsea, definitely Chelsea's best goalie of all time. Had six his first 60 matches had 35 clean sheets. Edward Mendy currently has 35 clean sheets in 60 matches. Identical stats 60 games, 35 clean sheets. They have identical stats. Mm-hmm. They both came from the same team. They both it's just they both came from the same team. They have the same number of clean sheets in the same number of games. Uh they both are looking like the Chelsea, like right now, Edouard Mendy is basically the 2021 slash 2022 version of Peter Cech, which is absolutely phenomenal. You mean 2001, uh, 2002? 2000, well, yeah, 2000. No, <laughs> he, said 2020, 2020, no he, said, he said 2021. No, but I'm saying Edouard Mendy is the 2021 oh, version of Peter Cech. Yeah. All right, all right. Uh, 20, 2001, Peter Cech wasn't even with Chelsea at 2001. I think he came in at 2004, I believe. I think from Lille. And uh, Edouard Mendy came in from Lille in 2021. Oh, there you go. Fuck 2021, 2020, uh, 2000. No, never mind. I didn't say anything. So, yeah, <laughs> it's just a ridiculous set how they have the exact same match, exact same clean sheets, which is absolutely insane to me. I, but, I, yeah, think, was, I think it's pretty sick. Like, it's, numbers yeah, sometimes are really dope like this. That's that's all I got to say. Like, numbers sometimes are just really, really cool, even though we all hate them. <laughs> and who brought up and who brought up Edward Mendy to the Chelsea board? Peter Cech. The man <laughs> <It's> himself. Like, <laughs> I mean, look, it's it's just written in stars. Beautiful stat. Obviously, I love it. 
as a Chelsea support, I love it. But anyways, anyways, I want to get past this because I can talk about Chelsea for the next two hours and how great we are. But that's not why you guys are here. You guys are here for one reason and one reason only. For the Watford versus Man United game. <laughs> all I can say is wow. That's, wow. that's yeah. literally all it, anybody can say. And now we segue into the next game because there's really nothing else to say, guys. It's it's Harry Maguire red card. Just embarrassment. Oof. Just the, it's uh, it's the same thing. I'm not going to repeat myself. Manu, absolute shambles. Fired Ole. Thank God. We'll talk about that later. But yeah, all I can say, wow. That's that's all I'm gonna say about it because I'm just sick and tired of talking about Manu. Uh, quick recap on the other games: you have the Newcastle Brentford. Newcastle should have it's very insane, a very very fast paced game. Finished three three. I think Newcastle could have potentially won that game, but their three four three system that they changed to with uh, with their new manager, they were great offensive, but defensively Brentford were counterattacking them. Practically all game, which brought up the three-three score. Uh, great game. I mean, Newcastle. Newcastle are officially lost place in the league. They're probably gonna get relegated. Uh, rest in peace to the new owner. He's gonna be in the championship. Well, I mean, the world's richest club is gonna be in the championship. So that tells you a lot. Uh, then we have Burnley Crystal Palace. I honestly really didn't watch the game. I hate watching Burnley. Just so- something about Sean Dyche that I just can't stand. And Crystal Palace, Wilfred Zaha hit the crossbar from what I remember from the stats. Uh, I know Benteke scored two goals and celebrated like he was a LeBron James. Uh, like didn't really watch LeBron the game. <laughs> no, he did. He he posted, he he did the LeBron James celebration twice. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> like, but I didn't really watch the game. I mean, wasn't really interested. 3-3 scoreline. Good for them. Uh, another big game, Aston Villa versus Brighton. Uh, 2-0 for the Lions. Uh, Aston Villa, Stephen G getting his first W as a EPL coach. Congratulations. Well-deserved. They played well. Brighton Brighton are probably the most inconsistent team I've seen. One week they play like their top five side. Then the next they play like their top, their regulation side. I don't get it. I mean, hopefully they finally figure it out. Uh, yeah, move on. Nothing much to really say. Two nothing well deserved. Villa. Steven Gerrard, you see, has an impact on the players. They were playing with passion. Uh, and yeah, just great game from Aston Villa. Uh, Wolves versus West Ham. One nothing. Fabianski was an absolute gem. Uh, Wolves deserved it, but Fabianski was just he made in the first I think 20, 30 minutes he made three, four subl- insane saves. Um. Uh, which is, I mean, yeah. I mean, he's always been class. He's been one of the most underappreciated uh, goalies in the world. And uh, Wolves, to them, one nothing. Adama Traore is fast. He's strong. Uh, he, But the one thing he definitely can't do is finish, which we saw. The two, three opportunities, he ran through the whole team, goes on to a break, and just either misses the net or shoots it right at the goalie. But anyways, Wolves deserved it. Uh, Wolves look like they're trying to get them. They're getting their mojo back, which is good to see. They're an exciting team. Uh, I love Nelson Smedo. Uh, he was a bar. He was a Barcelona reject. I love him there. I love him at Wolves. And uh, look, well deserved. Um, at some, I remember at some point of the game, there was Declan Rice that just 
Nelson Semedo was running up the field, and then Declan just fucking took Semedo from the collar and just ripped him to the floor, which I don't know how he got away with it. He just, he literally just like, Declan Rice just looked at Semedo, took him, took him by the collar and fucking threw him onto the floor. Yeah, he is, almost murdered him. Bro, the guy, the guy was basically choking. But anyways, he walked away with it. I think he got a yellow, but I mean, fuck, that was sick to see. That's some, that's some football I love to see. Some football slash WWE. Nothing wrong with that with me. Uh, then we have a very interesting game for me, Norwich Southampton. It was the, to me, it was a Billy Gilmore versus Tino Livermento matchup. Uh, for you guys who don't know, they're two Chelsea. Well, one of them is an ex-Chelsea player. The other one is a Chelsea player on loan. Uh, Norwich deserved the uh, deserved the win. Uh, Gilmore got the man of the match. Uh, he's been benched. He was benched for most of the season till now, and then for his first game back, he gets man of the match. Exceptional, controlling the midfield. Uh, he's a great talent. And uh, Mister, I just want to come out with uh, Mister Puki with a oh, beautiful header. What a beauty that guy is, Puki. <laughs> what a beauty. He gets a cross in from the from the Norwich right back and heads it in right into the corner, uh, passed by uh, McCarthy, and then in, <laughs> in the celebration, there's like two or three players that start kissing his forehead. I fucking loved it. What a beauty that guy is. Uh, yeah, really it was... weird celebrations out there. I'll be honest. So I've seen oh, some I... weird celebrations in my time. <laughs> but like straight hey, up, he deserved it, man. What a beauty of a yeah, goal. McCarthy okay, okay. should have saved it. He should have saved it. But hey, look. 2-1, Norwich won, deservedly so. That's three massive points for Norwich to get yeah, out of there. Huge for them. It's, they needed that to get out of the relegation. I mean, they're still in the relegation zone, but, I mean, it kind of helps. <laughs> I mean, kind of, I mean, really helps. So, yeah, so great win for Norwich. Happy for Billy Gilmore to get his uh, name out there. Just an overall great performance. Now, for probably mine and Michael's favorite and most important game was the Spurs versus Leeds. Damn right. It was Conte's first game at home. Uh, and honestly, uh, there's no better way to see the difference on Con- how Conte changes the system. First half, Tottenham were absolutely horrible. Mm-hmm. There was no passion. Nobody was running. Uh, it just looked like the regular block Spurs. They got booed uh, at halftime. And then second half, they came in. They just looked like a totally different team. They looked like the in. They looked like Inter. They looked like Chelsea. They were pressing. They were running. They were working hard. They were they running. Like, oh, they were that. They wouldn't stop. But exceptional game. Uh, exceptional second half from Tottenham. Mm-hmm. Leeds played well. Leeds did play well, but just Conte changing the system. I don't know what he said in the locker room. I don't know how many players he spanked in the locker room, but they came out <laughs> firing, and they deserved the win. Uh, 2-1 makes sense. It was a game of two halves. Basically, one half Leeds was dominating, the other one Spurs. Uh, another thing is you can see Conte is trying to change the environment. Uh, I think it was the 85th minute. He was hyping up the crowd. He was because the crowd were the crowd were basically mute. They there were there was no reaction, nothing. Because Leeds kind of start having momentum. Yeah. A little bit. Then you just see Conte, man. He just. Absolutely exploded the crowd, told the crowd to make some noise. They listened to him. They made some noise. Tottenham started building up their system again, and they ended up winning the game. Good for them. 
I, I think the fans are going to be like in shock more than anything about having a manager who has 110% pure passion for the mm-hmm. job. Like what manager has ever done what he did where he pumps up the crowd, chirps in the fourth official's <laughs> ear to end the time because it was past uh, the four minute mark. Yeah. And then like, like he did with, like he does with Inter and with Chelsea where once that final whistle went, dude, he, right away. Like yeah. that, that this constant euphoria, like with week in and week out that he has is so contagious. And I think that's, what's going to eventually rub off, not just on the players, but as the fans as a whole. Because it's always it's always clutch to have a manager who, you know, we all know he's a Juve man. Like he he bleeds, you know, black and white. Mm. But whenever he manages, dude, you forget about it because he'll always show one hundred and ten percent commitment and just passion like this for wherever he goes. And it was the same thing with Inter. Like obviously there were a lot of fans at the beginning who didn't like it because we all know he's, you know, his heart lies with a direct rival. But a yeah. lot of those hard fans turned very quickly because it's like he clearly he doesn't care like he just he's not biased that's it he just he's there he's there to do a job he's gonna do it at 110 percent, and he's committed all the way through and it and that's what you saw with the spurs and i don't think i think the fans being quiet is like i said they're just not used to having somebody like this behind the bench there's i mean yeah look look at the coaches they had they had nuno for like 17 weeks which nuno (laughs) we all know isn't isn't a hype man he's very quiet and then you had pochettino for what nine years and we all know pochettino he's not... another he's calm yeah. he's like an ancelotti he's ancelotti s but just without the managerial talent yeah know how exactly but anyways we'll talk about that after with the manu thing with pochettino but you had practically 10 years of just managers that are very Blah. calm very relaxed so out of nowhere you have this con you have this passionate uh, soccer enthusiast, uh, soccer enthusiastic. I mean, that's an understatement. This guy breathes. He breathes the sport. The sport. Yeah, yeah. So it's gonna be a whole culture switch, which is exciting to see. I'm excited to see it, and uh, I think me. And, um, we were talking about this before we press record. Uh, we both talk when you when I watched Spurs in the second half, it was very nostalgic to us because it's very like this is what started this is what made me love Chelsea. This is what, I mean, brought Sanji to a different level with Inter. Mm-hmm. Inter. It's just, just seeing it in front of us is just exceptional. I'm excited. Uh, is it good for us? Definitely not. Definitely but not for hey, you. <laughs> but hey, me, if I'm going to watch any games for Spurs as a neutral, I mean, I don't think it's going to be neutral anymore. I'm kind of be going to push towards the Spurs side unless they play us for sure. Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, it's 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 fun to see. It's fun to have. It's good to have because right now the top six, the England top six in asterisk, uh, I mean, in quotations, there really isn't. Right now it's a top three and the rest. That's what it's looking like. But yeah, it's uh, they deserved it. Proud for Conte, happy, happy. I was excited. Yeah, mm-hmm. basically that's what sums up uh, the weekend. The, uh, the weekend for the up, PL, yeah. Yeah, just to sum up, the table looks like Chelsea first with a three-point lead, exceptional. Man City, Liverpool. I mean, all year that's all you're gonna hear is gonna be Chelsea, Man City, Liverpool in that top yeah, three. It's, it's gonna be the usual suspects through and through. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, I mean. 
I was kind of expecting at the beginning of the year. That's what everyone's like. Okay, fourth place, Manu. Maybe they can push third. Yeah, there's no way now. Uh, And then we have West Ham Arsenal that went from 18th to fifth instantly. Mm -hmm. Arteta, I'm telling you, Ramsdale really changed that team. He's very, he's an amazing keeper. I'm not saying Burn Leno isn't a great keeper, but Ramsdale is just, you can see this passion now. Emil Smith Rowe looks like he's getting his foot in. But Buyaka Saka, even though I'm pretty sure he's injured, he looks like he's getting into it. Yeah, he is. Uh, then, then I don't know where Wolverhampton Wanderers, which I don't know how they got to six, but hey, good for them. They've <laughs> been an F. They've been a pretty good uh, form recently. Three wins in five games, pretty solid. They have Spurs, Spurs at seven, which they definitely won't finish seventh. They, I, I'm predicting they will finish nah, fourth. If if they can play with the kind of heart they played, like we said in that second half, mm. watch out. They may yeah. they they may not still beat you know like you guys Man City or Liverpool, but all those teams that are kind of wild cards to the Spurs, I'd be very concerned right now. hundred percent. Like like I'm those a, those fifty fifty toss ups are no longer fifty fifty. I literally have them on top of Manu. I have them finishing fourth now, and I have I, West Ham at fifth with Arsenal probably sixth. Man, no, I'll say Manu sixth, and then Arsenal seventh. But that's, I, I, I would switch Arsenal and Manu to be honest. I I think Manu is so far back right now and just so such in shambles. I don't think they'll make up these spots like that. I think just talent. I don't know. Bar, it depends bar, who they bar bring in, but Enes. Bar a miracle. Enes, we'll talk about this later on. Who who we think they're gonna bring in? What do we think is gonna happen? We'll talk about that later on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Manu club. Uh, Manu as. A Chelsea fan, I am proud to say I shall call them a mid-table team now because they're <laughs> currently eighth. Yeah, I'm gonna call them a mid-table team because I have the right to, and because it is very, very nice to say Man United is a mid-table team. Which and let that sink just, in ooh. to all the neutrals out there, or even if you're a Man U fan, okay, let this sink in. Okay, yeah, man, you are now officially a mid-level team, and it's not, and but, it's not your fault. It's just. Yeah piss poor management that we've been heckling on you know since long before alex and i ever did this you know for fun but oh, this yeah. is this is has been years in the making of just garbage management from manager to owners plain and simple that's what happens when we have american owners i mean not don't no, no i don't want to be like insulting americans out there but it's just you can see that they think it, they think of it more as a business than anything else, but you can't really run a football team as a business if you want to be successful. But, hey, look, it is what it is. They're mid-table. I just want to say it as much as possible because, honestly, I have goosebumps when I say it. Man U is a <laughs> mid-table team. There it is again. But, yeah, uh, right under Man U, tied with Man U, I, I want to say it, uh, Brighton, and then one point under Man U – I'm sorry, I have to take the piss. Crystal Palace at 10th, then you have Everton at 11, Leicester at 12, which I'm pretty surprised they're it's, at 12, it's a little shocking, yeah. Leicester, I was ex- I was expecting to be a top six potential. I mean, no, they're definitely a top six team to me, but hey, everything goes up uh, goes up and down. Southampton at 13th makes sense. Brentford at 14 makes sense. Villa at 15. With Steven G, they will push up my table, I think. I, I think they, I yeah, I, I think they can make that push. I agree with you. I hope so because uh, as much as I'm a Frankie Lamps guy, I, I love Stevie G. 
gotta respect the man. He's an England legend, and I hope he's successful. It'll be great to see him manage Liverpool right after Jurgen Klopp, which I think will happen, and I think it will not be successful. But hey, that's for another episode and another year, probably <laughs> yeah, another year or two. <laughs> and then we have Watford, which I think they're gonna get relegated because they're just fucking horrible. Actually, no, they won't get relegated. Just probably finish 16, 17. They are they deserve where they are. 17, Bielsa is kind of losing it, but he's they're gonna come back. The leads are gonna end mid-table. Burnley, Norwich, Newcastle, the three teams I think will that will get relegated and deservedly so. They are sorry for my language again. They are fucking horrible. And yeah, I mean, yeah, that's pretty much it. Chelsea in first place. That's all that really matters to me. <laughs> it's all that matter to me too, bro. <laughs> oh yeah. Hey, but look, we all know that ball, we all know that the season starts after Christmas. We all know that. That's when the dominoes start falling into place. So now it's all jolly. It's all good that we're first. But hey, who knows what happens after Christmas? That's when the real season starts. Yeah. So yeah. That's yeah, we we've said it before. I mean, that's you know, come February, we'll have a very, very clear picture of who is going to end up where. Like, that's just exactly. that's just the way it goes. Yeah. Like, anyways. Now, yeah. <laughs> anyways. Anyways, yeah, because it's fucking, oh, that was long as shit. <laughs> uh, you go on with your city, huh? Which, uh, I mean, I know you're very excited for one particular game. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> go for it, man. But uh, we'll, we'll kick it off. Obviously, uh, it was a pretty intense weekend. Uh, I don't. I mean, there. I I think there was one surprise. I think the AC Milan game is kind of a surprise to some. But if mm. if anyone's been listening since the start, I've called Fiorentina out this year as being a very underappreciated, underrated team, and they finally showed that against uh, AC Milan. Uh, so Fiorentina finally held, well, gave Milan their first loss and ended four three. At one point, I Alex, what was it? Three nothing at one point. It was three nothing, and then all sure, of a sudden, Milan nothing. Yeah, it's then uh, they started yeah. scoring. It was crazy. And no, uh, it I, was no, no, no. It was two nothing. Then two one with Zlatan. No way. Was it two nothing? Wait, I'm I'm actually gonna check. Yeah, yeah. You're you're right. It was. It was three. No, it was two point. nothing. No, two nothing. Sixtieth minute, Zlatan scored. Yeah. To make it two one, then two two, then three, then three three, then four three. Yeah. No, wait, what the. It was, oh my god! Anyways, Zlatan did what he does best. Obviously, he scores. He still has it. Uh, rumor has it he's looking to to sign another year extension. So we're gonna see how that goes. Uh, who? <laughs> well, he wants to stay in Milan. So we'll see what happens. Uh, and the other game was one like this. It's Atalanta beat Spezia five two. No real surprise there. The caliber of quality is, you know, literally galaxies apart. Never mind worlds. Uh, so there's no real surprise there. Lazio lost to Juve, which makes our loss to them that much worse. Mm. Uh, I, I still believe that that was a fluke loss for us, but it is what it is. The past is the past. Juve won 2 nothing. It was, for once, I thought it was one of their better performances. So, you know, for the one time that, you know, the commentators are going, they're back, they're back, they're back. I kind of agree to it. I think there's still a lot of work to be done. There's still a ton of chemistry that I feel is missing, but we'll see where that goes. I mean, obviously for me, I hope it stays that way. <laughs> but uh, Juve has kind of an easy schedule, you know, continuing until next year. Well, not so much. I believe they meet Atalanta next, so that's still kind of a challenge. 
yeah. but it's but it's kind of like Inter where you know we're gonna meet you know one good team from here until the end of the the year. Us it's at La Roma. Uh, whether they're good or not is its own story. Yeah, that's their own debate. But anyways, Juve beat Lazio uh, two nothing. Like I said, fairly convincing from what I saw. Will they continue that kind of performance? I don't think so. I don't know. Uh, Lazio just seemed kind of off as a whole. But anyways, mm-hmm. and then like we I discussed, just, uh, go for it. I just want to point out. I just want to point out. Did Bonucci score two penalties? Uh yes, and he did that stupid. <laughs> Mouth thing magic, which all these years later I still cannot kind of process. So do do with that what you will. But uh, yeah, it, it was it was two penalties, but they did still play well though. That's the thing. So I, I agree. But, but I don't understand why why you had Chiesa. Oh no, Chiesa was probably injured. No, Chiesa was playing. Chiesa was playing. Morata was playing. Out of both of them, Bonucci took the penalties. What? But okay. but 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 it's like Sergio Ramos for uh, for Real, right? I mean, the guy the guy is an amazing penalty kicker. It is what it yeah, is. I I I personally do not agree with it. I don't think anyone should ever take a penalty other than a forward a striker, whether yeah. it's a striker or a cam. I don't think anyone else should ever do it. Uh, yeah. I mean, they're the guys who literally know how to kick a ball. It's literally their job to get it behind the net. But mm-hmm. Benucci's as amazing at it as Ramos is, like we've seen throughout the years. So whatever, do it that what you will. And uh, like I said, Fiorentina won 4 3 handed AC's first loss, which is great. They're going to start having a really tough schedule coming up. Uh, and like I've said before on the other episodes, AC Milan has had the benefit of playing all the easy teams and obviously doing well against the teams you're typically supposed to do well against. So now you're getting towards the tail end of the season where they're going to start having a lot of trouble. So this is where we're going to see their championship caliber kind of come through. And that's what a lot of people said about our game, but we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, <laughs> Sassuolo and Cagliari finished 2-2. It was actually a pretty entertaining game. A lot of back and forth. Uh, Sassuolo, to me, is still a very good bogey team. We've seen it, obviously, against us and other teams. Uh, they're actually playing AC Milan next week. So they could choose, They could prove to be another thorn in the side of the top teams, which they, technically, they typically do. They, they typically show up against big teams, so it is what it is. Uh, Sam Doria won two nothing against Salernitana. Uh, no real surprise there. I mean, Salernitana is definitely not going to last the season. They'll probably be relegated by the time February rolls around. Uh, they're dead last place, unfortunately, but it is what it is. Uh, Venezia won another three points. They have six points in the past two weeks. We were excited for them to win last time. I'm excited again now. Uh, personally, I love them because of their jersey. That's pretty much the end of that discussion. I think they have the <laughs> nicest kids the in world football right now. And apparently, and I was reading this last week, this is no joke, apparently their jerseys are impossible to get a hold of. Oh, 100%. A- a- apparently, the store sold out. And because their sponsors aren't like Nike and stuff, because it's a low-level team, they have like low-level sponsors. I think it's like Joma or whatever the hell. Uh, they can't actually – they're having serious trouble restocking their jerseys. <laughs> <laughs> which is hilarious to me. So for anyone who likes that jersey, like forewarning you right now, it's like from the horse's mouth. Apparently it's impossible to get their jerseys right now, which really sucks. Hopefully they get restocked. Uh, I believe you can put yourself on like uh, mailing lists and everything. So if you guys like the jerseys, definitely go over there. I I recommend it. Like that third kit to me is the nicest kit in, in Europe right now, without a doubt. The blue, uh, right? Oh, yeah, it's, it's stunning. I love it. And obviously, the marquee matchup was Inter versus Napoli. 
uh, a game that I definitely, as if I needed more white hairs, I got more white hairs off of that game. <laughs> uh, it was it was definitely a fantastic game. Uh, I'm still a little iffy on if it was a penalty or not, but I can I I kind of understand it because it looked like it went off Koulibaly's elbow, but then into his other hand, which was in an unnatural yeah. position, which I believe is what he was looking at. But it is what it is. It ended three two. Uh, Inter definitely played really well. After that second goal, we did get scared a bit. We started sitting back a little bit, which I don't enjoy. I think that's a part of Inter's old DNA creeping back in, which needs to be rooted out very, very quickly. Just because a yes. team gets one on you, you can't sit back like that. You can't uh, be vulnerable like that, especially like a team with, uh, especially a team like Napoli. Well, with Napoli, who has so much talent up front, right? Oh, uh, and Handanovic's save against Mario Rui was just oh, like oh. right now, like contender for save of the season in every league right now. Yeah, like that that he is, was it's... wide open, perfect header, and Hando somehow got down and bent it behind the net, like in in a yeah. split second. I I was my jaw was on the floor. Well, yeah, especially because the recently you've been telling me how Handanovic has been struggling with his rebound control and how. Yes. When he saves a ball, he tends to put it into the middle punch of the box. But th- in this case, he saves it, and then f- basically from the goal line, he saves it. It was a goal line save. Yeah, yeah. And he managed to pull up the ball on top of the net, which is exceptional. Which, which is ridiculous, yeah. It's it was a world that's like that's how you know he's a world class keeper. World class keepers will make saves like that. Mm-hmm. A regular keeper would have if he would have made the save, it would have just gone back to Mario or would have gone into the six-yard box. No, mm-hmm. oh, 100%. But, and and, and this, this is the annoying part of it, right? Is that we see that he makes all those like random little mistakes, but then he does this. So it's like, you know, you know, it's shocking that even at his age, you know that he's still an incredible goalkeeper with phenomenal reflexes. And for anyone who hasn't kind of watched the highlights for this game, I definitely recommend it. If like even Napoli's goals were stunners, they were out of the box because they oh, just couldn't break God. in. Zelinsky's goal was ridiculous, and so was Merton's. Like it was just wow. Like they were outside the box rippers, and that's just the way it went. You know what I mean? So for anyone who hasn't kind of watched those highlights, I recommend it. Their goals were just stunning. But it's it's also very reassuring that that's the only way a team can score, right? Because that means you know that you're not breaking down the center backs. So it's like you're yeah. taking these pot shots and they happen to be two, you know, stunners. That, that's all there is to it. There's no other way to put it. They were stunners, 100%. Mm-hmm. But Inter chipping away, we're four points behind, which kind of also aggravates me because if we had beaten AC last year, well, we would be <laughs> one point behind, right? So th- yeah. th- these are the fine margins in, in football that you deal with, right? Is that you, you see those, those two missed points make all that huge difference. So yeah. we would have been one point behind. I mean, listen, we're, Actually, we're no, four. If you guys, it's if it's you not guys the would end have of the beaten world. AC. Oh, no, wait, what am I saying? You guys did beat AC. No, we tied. Oh, tied, yeah. but that's Yeah, we tied. Wait, if we had beaten them, we, you'd, be in, you'd be in prime uh, location. It would be great. Yeah, sure. No, because they got no, cause I'm doing the math here. If Okay, draw is one point each. Mm-hmm. So let's say you'd be at 27. Let's say you'd be at 30 points. They would have been at 31. Yeah, you're, you're right. Yeah. We've been one point back, which I mean, listen, four still isn't the end of the world. Like yeah. it's one game. What, like you know what I mean? It's much better off than we were uh, before because at one point we were almost ten points back. So you know, but but it's but it's like last year. That's why you know I was even telling Alex sometimes like 
I'm not panicking because it was the same thing last year where we started the we started the first half of the season slow-ish. And then in the second season, like Alex and I say many times, where it counts, we kicked it into gear and we dominated throughout. So like yeah. I said, now we're meeting the low-end teams, which were guaranteed. I mean, guaranteed. In theory, oh, never guaranteed. In theory, we're like 99%. There's always the 1%, right? So we're 99% guaranteed to kind of win these remainders. Uh, we do meet Roma, which is the toughest opposition we have until literally next year. So we'll see where that goes. That's, yeah, that's the keyword. The toughest. It's not, I mean, Roma at this point. I, I was kind of in love with Roma in the beginning of the season because Mourinho, Abraham, Yafitarian. Yeah, but like now I'm kind of seeing that it's like, okay, they were overachieving. Now at seventh place, it kind of makes more sense. But uh, are they as good as I thought? No. Are they going to be a pain in the ass to play? Because Mourinho loves playing 11 in the back. Uh, ele- yeah. Yes, 11 in the back. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or Now it depends. Are they going to try to go? For, they're probably not going to go for the win. They're going to probably go for a tie. So it's going to be very interesting. I think... The I think it's player take... in that game is going to be Jekyll. Why? Because if you're going to have 11 players behind the ball, you're not going to be able to create inside the box as like you guys usually like to do with mm-hmm. Lotero Martinez and yeah. uh, Correa, which you guys have been su- successful with. But against Roma, I think Jekyll is going to be. I'm calling. He's either going to score a goal. He's going to score two goal, a goal or two with at least one of them being his head. With well, he's definitely going to score ahead. We we've been really good with. Uh service yeah with service so yeah. far this year especially on corners uh oh, so no, it's no. it's reassuring i mean listen you have bastoni you have milan screener you have devry all these guys are six foot four and then you have zeko so it's like <laughs> you, you have four monsters who know how to hit the ball who do it pretty constantly throughout the season so it, it makes sense that we've yeah. gotten really good at it so i'm happy about that but on yeah. on the topic of roma they also won their game against genoa two uh two nil Felix had a fantastic game. I really like that kid. Mm. Uh, it's clear that they're still trying to find their footing. Like you can, you can see it through the way they play. They're still, they're still working their way around. The chemistry is still building. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's Genoa. I mean, it's, it's a team. You know, even given Roma's situation, you should kind of beat. So they did it to nothing. Good for them. Uh, you take the three points, you build on it, you keep going. Uh, Verona beat Empoli two one. Not the most entertaining game in the world. I mean, Verona still plays that free-flowing football, so it's it's still entertaining and it's like kind of own way-ish to watch a low-level low level team uh, play like that, so it was fun and the same. But 2-1, nothing to write home about. And Torino beat Udinese today. Uh, actually, they were both today the games. Torino beat Udinese 2-1 today. Uh, a bit of a shocker. Udinese should theoretically be better, so the loss is going to hurt them a little bit in the long run, but Torino is, you know, step-by-step, step, they're getting a little better. They're not you know, contenders to drop like they were last year, which is kind of crazy to still think about. Mm. But it, it is what it is. I mean, the, the teams that were kind of expected to do well did well. Uh, I guess bar AC Milan, if you put that in. But like I said, yeah. Fiorentina, a lot of people aren't showing them the respect that they deserve. They are a much, much better team than they were last year. Hyper well organized. The team's being built properly. They're very decent now. I'd watch out for them about two years. But uh, good on them. Uh, mm. And on the table right now, like we said, we have Napoli and Milan. It's tied. Uh, they're on 32 points apiece because they they both have one loss. They were both handed their losses this weekend. Uh, Inter is on 28. For us, it's really the draws that killed us because we have four as opposed to two. But uh, 
you know, it, it was kind of like that, like I said, last year as well, the beginning of the season was a little rocky, so I'm, I'm not too concerned. We have all the character in the world to keep going, keep pressing, and I think we're going to be, I, I think, I truly believe that we can be crowned champions again as long as they keep working hard. Uh, defensively, they're looking better every week. Like I said, to get two goals scored against you outside the box, I mean, from really outside the box, we're talking like 25, 30 yards here. Uh, that's desperation from teams. Like it just so happened that they were two beautiful stunners, but when players start caking and blasting from outside the box like that, it's because you know that you're not breaking through. Yeah. You so I'm. It, it, it's pleasing for me because obviously, like I said, we've said multiple times that we started off with defensive issues. So it's a very reassuring sign, which is kind of funny because they still scored two. But you got to look at it. You know, you got to look past the scoreboard. Uh, Atlanta is Atalanta is in fourth. Uh, they're actually three points behind us. La Roma, despite their up and down, they're fifth at 22 points. And then you have Lazio, Fiorentina, and Juventus all tied for sixth. So La Juve is kind of jumping up a lot, but they are 11 points behind. Uh, it is still early in the season, but 11 points is still very hard to make up. No, uh, it's, it's massive. It's, it's a huge one, uh, especially when you know, the top, we'll say the top two Inter, when they get their form, I'll, I'll put them in there. But for now, I'm going to be honest, Napoli and Milan, form-wise, it's going to be very hard to get them to drop 11 points to you. Like like, like I said, for us, it's four points. It's, it's, it's beyond doable because they're obviously going to lose another game at some point. But yeah. to lose basically five games to, and then Juve have to win all these games, it's going to be tough. I, I think Juve is going to be fighting We'll be fighting to get into the top four like they did last year. I think the Scudetto is out of reach for them 100% at this point. I mean, you also got to look at the teams they lost to. It's not like they're losing to the big teams. They're losing to... Well, I'm okay. They drew against Udinese. They lost against Empoli. They yeah. lost against Napoli. Okay, Napoli that you can kind of excuse. Yeah, we know. They drew against AC, which... Uh, then they lose against... Where is it? I just saw it here. Where is it? Yeah, they tied Inter. And then they it, lost against Sassuolo. Sassuolo, Sass- yeah. Sassuolo. And then Verona, which is two very bad teams. They're mid-level then, teams. I mean, they're sitting ninth and 13th respectively in the table. So just to put that into perspective. Yeah, and Fiorentina. They barely beat Fiorentina. And that's because of a red card and fucking Quadrado scoring the 90. Yeah, it was at the end. Yeah. It? 91st, 92nd? It, it, was as, yeah. it was as at the end as you can get. <laughs> exactly. So it's like, it's... We're talking about them potentially climbing up. It's just their form has just been absolute. Yes, they've won two games in a row, but it's like it's inconsistent. It's they gotta figure it out. Yeah, that's but, it. I, I I think Allegri has a much bigger job on his plate than he definitely ever expected coming in. I, I think that much is abundantly clear at this point. No, hundred percent. The UV is gonna have to be in an absolute total rebuild mode. I, I love Kellini, I love Benucci, they're absolute legends, but it's time to at least move on from one. And the midfield yeah. needs an absolute total revamp. Until they get that midfield revamped, I'm sorry, but I do not believe that they will they will not just not contend for La Serie A, but they're gonna have genuine issues in uh, the Champions League. Champions League. That yeah, midfield is, is mediocre and that's being generous. Fucking they're starting McKinney. I'm sorry, but like I mean He's great and all, McKinney, but is he really a 
Juventus starting no. midfielder? No, no definitely not. To me, you come to me and you ask me, okay, you tell me Juventus midfielder. Fuck, in my head, I just get, well, first of all, I get pure low. That's yeah, the free. <laughs> And it's just there should be some to, some type of like in you know you gotta have especially teams like Newcastle could challenge what I just McKinney okay I just saw something that's very very weird for me but anyways uh, Juventus gotta have a mid I I find in Italian in Italian soccer other than deep I mean defense is probably was the king. biggest thing before but your mid Italian, you think of Italians. I always think Italians. I always think like the maestros in the midfield. Just mm-hmm. that's what I think. And Juventus just don't have it now. I mean, yes, they have Locatelli, yeah, but he he's, he's more of a future-proof project. Like he's yeah. he's gonna get there. He's gonna get there. He's, yeah, but you need somebody. Now. But hey, look. I mean, every team goes up, uh, goes through their ups and downs. Barca's doing the same thing. Real Madrid. You can kind of make the, the argument they're in the same thing. But look, they'll, they'll go back to it. I'm not worried. Uh, but as you as you mentioned, there, uh, Benucci and uh, Benucci and is kind of gotta start, you know, moving on. You I mean, that's why up. I think they brought Delit, but it looks like Delit isn't really gonna work for them. Which is shocking which, to me, right? That this kid didn't pan out. Hey, I it's, mean, it's I'll pretty shocking. I'll take him on Chelsea any day. <laughs> For a hundred, his price tag is still a hundred. This imagine. Yeah, so despite this kid not working out, his price tag is still a hundred. That's fucking crazy. So yeah, that, that's 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 football for, for you. I'll take Declan Rice. <laughs> for a hundred, I'll take Declan Rice over the lit. Oh yeah, that's not for sure. Anyways. But we'll but anyways. Let, let let's move on and then most likely finish on the next step for Manu at this point. Because I mean we're probably gonna oh, spend a God. good chunk here, so what what what's <sighs> next? Okay, obviously we've all heard that Ole's gone. Personally, I think it's like three games too fucking late. <laughs> three games, like at least three games too late at this point. And why would you wait until after the international break? Like, That's how stupid is management? Like, Bro, how out of whack are you? Bro, there's no three games. I would have fired him after freaking September fourth. I would fire him like fucking two months ago when they lost to Young Boys. Like, I, I mean, look, they finally did it. As I said before, it's not really surprising. It's more just like, the okay, fact that it took so finally. long. What's shocking? And another thing I mentioned to Sanjay, and we we're talking about this right after the game. Apparently, they can't. They had. They need to have. They had. Uh, they had to have a board meeting. And I'm sorry to me. That's kind of still like, I still I can't wrap my head. How after all of this? Everything that happened, and then you get you get trashed by your biggest rival, you get trashed by Liverpool, and then you get absolutely trashed by a relegation team, and the board still has the balls to be like, "Yeah, we have to talk about this." What is there to talk about? It should have been, it, it, yeah. It should have been. You win, you stay. You lose, you're out automatically. Like that's how it should have been. But no, they need a board meeting. They had this to get approved. That. It's that's another thing that's kind of like playing with my head. It's like this kind of proves that the board does not know what the fuck's going on because it's like if they have they had to have a board meeting after this. It's kind of like, bro, how much more? <laughs> what did it have to take to be like immediately what for them to come to Chelsea and get absolutely clobbered by yeah. us like six nothing 
And then what you would have seen is, oh, yeah, but we played a top three team in the league. But it's like, yeah. it just doesn't. I'm surprised they didn't come out, they didn't come out and was like, oh, yeah, we lost 4-1, but Harry Maguire got a red card. So like, that kind of explained. Like, I'm sorry, but it's just, as a, if I was a Man U fan, I would have been insulted by the fact that they had to have a board meeting. It's like, bro, this should have been done. It, it should have been unanimous. And, and we're talking hours after two, eh? Oh, like, bro, it was at, the, like the, the meeting was at two o'clock and it was almost 24 hours later. Yeah, we heard about it in the morning. It was confirmed during the day. Obviously, uh, Romano came out and was like, oh, they're, they're, they're talking about it. They're talking about firing. It's like, what the fuck is there to talk about? The, Just the, the, That means that some people were still behind them and serious convincing needed to happen to get rid of them, which, which to me is even more shocking. Yeah. It's like you horse. said, this guy is getting slapped week in and week out, and it took nearly 24 hours of a meeting to decide, <laughs> okay, it's time to move on. <laughs> Who the fuck in that room is arguing for him? Like, I'm so, like I don't get it. I'm sorry. And, and, th- and this is the same team that we're also talking about where, obviously, they, it's American-owned. They're running like a business. They want to make money. How mm. are you going to make money if you don't even make it into the Champions League? Yep. The fact that they could even qualify this week to make it out of the group stage is wild to me. It's, it's they're one of twelve actually. Tw- one of twelve teams in the next forty-eight hours could actually qualify for the next round, which is pretty cool for me. It's usually never this late, but it's pretty dope. Should have been done by now. It sh- it should have had a few in, yeah. I mean, yes, you can look at okay teams that have qualified. Liverpool have qualified. Man City have qualified. I mean, yeah, which we which we expected. Qualified. Yeah, it's nothing surprising. And then Manu, they've they have two wins, one draw and one loss against I mean Villarreal, which for Man United should just be an easy win. Atalanta should just this should be an easy group for Manu. They should have been qualified, they should have finished first already. They haven't. Honestly, they're they're very lucky, and this is Atalanta's fault because it was theirs to lose twice. They should yeah. have lost both those games against Atalanta and they wouldn't even have had a prayer to make it into the next round. Man, oh, should consider sh- themselves very lucky. They don't even deserve being first in their group right now. Not no, even close. Not even they're, close. They're fuck. I don't get it, man. It, it's by sheer luck of Atalanta imploding on itself. Legit. It's, that's what it like. There's there's nothing else to say about that scenario. It's Atalanta's fault, hundred percent. Hundred ten percent. And this is this is what we kind of we're we're kind of like okay, we were kind of expecting the only sacking. It was, I mean, as soon as as soon as I saw the two nothing scoreline. Yeah. I texted Sancho. I'm like, yo, they're losing two. It's hap- It's gonna happen. <laughs> it's happening. It's everybody knew it was gonna happen, but then came, reports came out that oh, they had a board meeting about it. It's like, mm-hmm. what? Okay, but even then, you can talk. You can come to me and be like, okay, maybe they're discussing what they had to do financially. Like, okay, but this should have been done already a long yeah, time 100%. ago. They should have known already, and they should have been looking for a coach. But it's like. I heard apparently now that anyways, we'll get into like what we what it looks like is gonna happen. Uh apparently Manu won put uh, Pochettino, Pochettino was Manu, but then Man United have to pay 10 mil to PSG to bring Poch. Pochettino yeah, you have which, to buy out his contract, yeah. Which is I'm sorry, but not worth 10 Man million. United, they're going from a manager that had no experience. Which, okay, you're like, okay, they gave him a try, no experience, club legend, makes sense, okay. But then they're going to bring, they, they, 
they want to win titles, right? They that's the ultimate goal for Manu because they haven't won a fuck all. They won Europa League with Mourinho, which mm-hmm. he stated that it was probably the th- that team finishing second place is probably the biggest achievement he's yeah. ever done, which is a lot to say because says a lot. That, <laughs> says a lot considering that he brought Porto to the Champions League with uh, Porto make Porto win the Champions League, but then you're gonna go and you're gonna say your number one candidate is to bring in a manager that it is as quiet as Ole mm-hmm. that has coached in the APL for nine years. Okay, so you're like, okay, this experience, but hasn't won a title in nine, hasn't won a single trophy except for the Audi Cup in nine years <laughs> for Spurs. You're going to come and tell me that guy is the number one guy for the Man United Football Club. And honestly, I do not... I, honestly, it's it's their fault. This should have been like I told Sanji. This should have been just like what Chelsea did. Chelsea brought in. We were in kind of a rebuild phase. Bring in the club legend. We brought in Lampard. They brought in Ole. Great. Rebuild the team. Bring back the bring back the culture, which Ole did. He did in the beginning. To an extent. We, they to were, an extent. To an extent, they did just like Lampard. <laughs> brought the culture back. Brought the he brought the academy players in. He brought the players that he wanted to bring in. He brought them in. Made them a team, but then at some point you got to bring a, a manager in to win to bring you to the end. because these coaches are good to get you back into the culture, like build your team again. But they won't win you a trophy. No. Then you, Frank Lampard, we fired him, and we brought in the the best guy out there that was there Literally. was Thomas Tuchel, and then with the team Frank Lampard built. You bring in the experience like Thomas Tuchel that was at the, yes he he's never won the Champions League, but he's he went to the Champions League final with PSG, which again to me that says a lot because That's that PSG huge. team is just I'm sorry they're not a just the culture there is just not right. But anyways, that's another discussion. That's what Manu should have done. Fire fire Ole, but fire in like a front like. Like us Chelsea fans, we still love Frankie Lamps. I don't think a single player, I don't think a single fan hates Lampard. We all love him. We understood he did his job. He brought it in, built, brought in Tuchel, and then we just are winning everything now. That's what should have happened with Ole and Conte. Fire Ole, be like, hey, look, club legend, you did this much for us. You brought us here, but we need a winner. You bring in Conte. Conte, no doubt in my mind, with Conte, with this team he has, the team he has, I am, I would literally say they would be title a, a title contending team. Oh, Even yeah. one window, obviously overnight. But it's honestly, I'm sick of talking about them. It just blew. It's just they're they're the worst enemy. They're their own enemy, basically. They're their worst enemy. That's one hundred percent. They're their own kryptonite. That's legit what it is. And and if if this Pochettino rumor is true, and if they pay this ten million dollar release fee, they're gonna really look like clowns because that is essentially Conte's salary. So you're willing to pay someone off. You're willing to buy someone's contract for ten million dollars and then flip him for another couple of million dollars. Like this team is just so disorganized in every phase. It is absolutely shocking. Yeah, and then apparently Woodwork, uh, whatever his whatever his fucking name Woodward. Is, Why he's he's Woodward. gone? I think in December, right? 
I mean, he's delaying his resignation. Apparently, he was supposed to leave in the summer, but apparently, he's delaying it to try to solve this problem they're having. But I mean, I think he is the problem. He's yeah, he's the one who got them in the first he's, place. He gave only that extension after half a year. After half a year, and, of, and he did who, nothing. Bro, they haven't won anything. You 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 sent me the best stat. I the best that I've seen. Mourinho uh, with the spending. Oh, with the spending, bro. yeah. But the spending, and you're looking at it, you're like, okay, Mourinho spent blah blah blah, and he won two trophies. I, I think uh, I might still have that, so I'll give, give me a quick second and find it because for all yeah. the listeners out there, it's actually pretty shocking. Uh, f- if I recall f- correctly, like Fergie effectively paid a million dollars, I think, for all the trophies he won. Like when, when yeah. like it kind of amounts to that. Thirty mil, twenty six or twenty. It was like it was like twenty seven. It was like twenty seven million <laughs> that they spent, and it's essentially the amount. Okay, here we go. Okay, here we go. So, horrible use of money, okay? So, it starts at Fergie, and it's going to come all the way to Ole, okay? So, in all the time that... This is all the time that they were in the club, okay? So, Fergie spent 30 million pounds, got 27 trophies. Then then you had uh, Moyes, who came after him, 95 million, zero trophies. Mm. Then you had Van Gaal, Van Hal, Come in 148 million pounds. Uh, no, uh, that's euros. Okay, so 148 million euros, one one trophy. The one and only Mourinho comes in 155, two trophies, and then you have Oli who spent 106 with zero trophies. Like this, this is flat out ridiculous. I mean, look at like all the players they bought. They- 30 million, and he won you 20. 27 trophies with 30 million. You know how ridiculous that is by today's standards? Fuck. 30 million, you can't even get yourself... Uh, I mean, we bought Mandy for 30 million, but I mean, who do you buy for 30 million? Practically nobody. But hey, you think... Yeah, but then you have inflation and blah, 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 blah. Well, this, this must incorporate something. I mean, oh, yeah, for I'll, sure. I'll, I'll go through a quick, quick again while you finish off your topic. But the thing is, is that I also saw this other stupid... St- this, is, this one's a stupid study. It was like... Uh, time it was like odd days before managers get sacked or something like that, and then you had Arsenal and Manu top, and everyone's like, Oh, you see, they get too much chance. They're like, I'm like, it's a start. I will, I'll find it, I'll post it. I saw it on Reddit today. It was like 2,500 days for a manager gets sacked at Manu, and like 2,535 for Arsenal. Like, that was stupid, but you're like, you're looking at it, you're looking at it, you're like, Yeah, but did you ever consider that, like. Arsene Wenger was there for what twenty years, Dude, a probably? lifetime, <laughs> literally a lifetime, legit as long as I've been alive. And then you have, and then you have Man United with Sir Alex Ferguson that was there for another like, fucking twenty years, but de- deservedly so. Like Wenger and uh, and Sir Alex, they deserve to be there for fucking fucking fifteen, sixteen, probably twenty years, but. Anyways, that was like a little thing I wanted to cover because it was a stupid stat I saw and it was really bugging me in the head because it's like, bro. And another thing, I was seeing Bruno, I don't know, I'm pretty sure you've seen it, Bruno Fernandez, you know, mm-hmm. telling the fans that it's not the coach's fault. I'm sorry, but it's kind of like, I understand where Bruno's coming with it. Uh, is is I know yeah, his intentions are from. good, but it's like, don't, don't add, don't add anything. It's like, the more you say stuff, the more you do stuff, the worse it'll get for you. It's yeah, just, the worse it looks, yeah. Just 
whatever's happening, let it happen. You won't change. You won't change a fan base's mindset. Like a fan base is, if a fan base is only out, they'll be only out for x amount of times until proven wrong. Yeah, exactly. Like nobody cares if a player comes and is like, "Oh no, it's not the coach's fault. It's everybody else's fault." Nobody gives a shit. Managers losing, it's the manager's fault. That's just mm, that's point, just the way it just, goes. That's just how it is. That's how and, football is. And at the end of the day, if you really cared that much, then you would have fucking played properly. Like exactly. That, that, that's why to me it's annoying when a player says, you know, it's not his fault. Okay, but if you believe that, then why don't you work harder for him? Yeah. I mean, Bruno for like they they were literally at the bottom table for work rate. We've seen this when we've spoken about this stat. So now yeah. that he's gone, you're turning around and saying it's not his fault. Well, it kind of is. Yeah. Because what you, what the table shows is that you guys aren't fighting, not just for the jersey, but for your manager. He's now gone and you somehow love. you like, all of a sudden, ooh, we love him. If you love oh, him, we were option, crying in the dressing room. Nah, it's we were all, crying in the dressing room? Get out of here. It's, 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 a, it's like typical PR kind of response. If, exactly. if you cared and you had all these feelings, you would have shown it on the pitch and they just didn't. They left hey, him 100%. out to dry. Obviously, he's, he's not a good manager. He was in way over his head, but he was presented with an opportunity that no sane human being would turn down. No, no way. But if you really believe that, he, if, if, you're, if you're really coming out and saying that you loved him, well, you got to really be showing someone how you feel about them. It literally does. And like, plus all the reports of them, of it coming on being like, oh, they're frustrated with the court. It's just, just not a, just, just being quiet is the best thing to do. Just shut up. Yeah, that's say it. you're okay. Best of luck, blah blah blah. But coming, I was on, gonna like, say, do do like Ronaldo, where he said, you know, he loved him as a player and he wishes him all the best. That's it. That's it. That's all you need to do, man. I, yeah, because at the end of the day, he is a club legend. It's, I mean, now, but that's the thing. It's kind of like one uh, that little. Uh, what's that little? Uh, that little something. What's the thing people say? It's uh, you're either something about being a hero and then. Uh, staying too long, you become oh, the was villain. Batman, so, yeah. Uh, uh, that's what was going on with Ole. It's like the more he was, but I never understood if Ole. I don't know how I would have just resigned. Like honestly, I mean, look, the, it's his, it's to his benefit to get uh, to get fired because now he gets paid yeah, he's uh, still getting X paid. amount of millions. Yeah. But it's like at some point, it's. I don't know how Ole was doing it with all of that pressure, all of that. Because, man, we're talking about, like, here in Montreal, soccer is kind of like a, you know, it's soccer. not It's not too big. But in England, it's like Ole, it's everywhere right? he would go, yeah, it's basically the religion. They literally close stores because they close stores just to watch soccer. It's, it's, it's like it's their religion. I mean, not just England, Italy, uh, all over Europe. It's the mm-hmm. biggest thing. To them, it's literally religion. So, I just don't understand how Ole kind of like, I mean, respect to him. He handled it pretty well. I, we really didn't see any like reports coming out that he did this, 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 that. He was calm. Uh, there was pictures of him hugging fans at the end uh, before leaving, which is great to see. But look, I feel it's more that I feel bad for him more than anything else. I feel bad for him and I feel. I have more of a hatred towards the club to do that to him. It's kind of like, look, you're seeing you're in this situation. Just fucking fire the guy already. Mm, like, yeah, just, yeah. We all know it's coming. Just fucking do it. Like, you're just ruining his reputation, ruining his rep. And at the same time, you're ruining your own reputation. So it's like, just, just do it already. It's done. And, 
and as we're as you were talking about it, I, I double checked quick quick, and they're paying his full year contract, which is seven and a half million pounds. So he's getting paid seven and a half to sit at home. That's, they're paying him his year, like th- this year of contract, which is seven and a half. Yeah, but it's really worth it for all the mental uh, mental problems he's gonna he's had and he will potentially have afterwards. Nah, definitely right not, now, for sure. Well, yeah, seven just, and a half million, man. That's that's kind of crazy. I mean, look, it's uh, to me this is more of a how do I say this is more of a board problem than an Ole problem. Ole, we can all say Ole tried his best. The guy clearly couldn't cut it. The guy built the team well. Look, he, he it was a great, it's a great rebuild. Yeah, they have but, a but, but even even that's a stretch, and we've spoken about this before. Like it's it's a stretch to say that he is the one who built this team. There's mm-hmm. no way that he asked for the majority of these players. They were thrown at him, and he had to build a system around it. And can we just say that it's kind of like, kind of funny that like Van de Beek was like the last guy to score before he gets sacked. I mean, that's, that's, that's kind of. <laughs> I, I totally forgot about that. That's kind of funny. Yeah, it's it. And look, Van de Beek proved that he's a class player again. Like he was the best player for Manu on that field. He had the passion. He. Yeah. It's just it's just the whole thing's sad and honestly it's this was the worst case like scenario for them. It's to fire Ole, everybody's on their ass, mm-hmm. and now you don't have Con- if you had Conte, everybody would have forgotten by now. Everybody would have been forgotten. Oh yeah, everyone, everyone would have been now. everyone would have been in the streets parading, bro. Yeah. And 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 yeah. we've talked about this before, okay? It's like you had a manager who wanted, was waiting for you to do something, and you let him slip through your fingers. That's an understatement. Slip like this, this, this board is like clueless is the only word I can really think about, but I think that's still like a serious understatement gives them too much credit. These people are in way over their head and have absolutely no business in this sport to make that happen. And you fire him after the international break, not even before after that's the worst part. You literally had an opportunity to like sit down with the manager and be like, look, I'm giving you these two international break because starting up, like now, Michael Carrick is going to be in the interim coach. Sure, he's been with the he's been with the, the team already. Blah blah blah. But it's like you could have brought, bro. If you wouldn't, have, if you wait, if you wouldn't have waited those three weeks, you could have Conte two weeks with Conte international break. I'm positive if they would have brought Conte three weeks ago, the Watford game yesterday would have finished four nothing, five nothing, Manu. Yeah, hundred percent, dude. The, the, because, the, dif- the difference probably would have been astronomical. It would have been probably was probably crazy. Yeah, because Manu is a insanely insane, insanely talented team, but mm-hmm. they just they didn't have the manager. And look, I feel bad for Ole. Fuck the Manu board. I always hated Manu. I hate him even more now because it's like he genuinely looks like a good guy. It's just he just got fucked over by his association. Yes, by the board. Yeah, hundred percent. Whatever. It is what it is, man. Now, I mean, Pochettino looks like the favorite to... Which even that is a fucking but, embarrassment but again, to is, is, is absolutely ridiculous. So it's like, it's I don't understand. And, and it goes back to what we were just talking about. Like, you're you're going to pay this guy's 10 million... You're going to buy his contract out for 10 million. And I would presume probably have to pay him more or less that same amount. 100%. So it's like, what are you achieving? A hundred percent, man. And the thing so, is that you're going to uh, what's it called? Manu, Manu's gonna fucking overpay as usual because it's Manu. 
but, that, but that's what uh, I'm saying, right? So he's obviously he, he, he's obviously going to come forward. His agent's going to be like, okay, well, if you're willing to pay his $10 million cut, like buyout, well, then I you should pay him that same amount. Exactly. Because they're go- and they're probably going to give him a fucking raise because they're desperate for him now. Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. And like we said, you have Conte in the wings whom you could have paid and not worried about that. And you would have known, would have gotten you results like yesterday. Never mind yeah. now, bro. Yesterday. Yesterday. So it's like, I don't understand you. I don't understand this team. The, 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 man, the management is totally out of whack. Uh, it's, it's, I, listen, I don't know. I, 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 I'm glad they've moved on. Uh, I think there's still a plethora of issues. Uh, it's the board, the board, the board. Ole obviously and definitely was not fit to be manager, but the board is absolutely the problem. And that's all there is to it, man. There, there, there's really nothing else to say. So Pochettino gets paid. Wait, wait a sec. Seven and a half. Okay. So right now, give me a second. Where is this? Conte gets paid 20 million a year. That's apparently the his contract, 20 million a year. Which honestly, okay. It, it's That's probably like ten or it's probably like ten or eleven, and then a shit ton of bonuses after. Because yeah, that's what if they really did give give this guy twenty million, bro. That board is smoking stuff that's higher than the guys at Man United. Because <laughs> oh, I'm trying to see. That's the first thing. Thanks to his three, uh, has become the second highest paid manager thanks to his thirteen. Okay, no, thirteen million pound. Okay, thirteen million pound. The uh, Salary, Conte. Yeah, which is so, kind of a lot of pretty crazy. Yeah, and Pochettino. Uh, yeah, just think, that's for Conte for one year. Now, Manu is going to pay basically the same amount just to get Pochettino out, just of, to get out of his contract. PSG, yeah. <laughs> and then going to have to pay him probably, probably the same or maybe even more because it's Pochettino, Man United, like big. They're probably going to end up paying, let's say, 13 mil. Even then, it's like, you're paying that extra 10 mil that for Man U is nothing, of course, but it's like you could have had a better manager. You could have been spending less money. You could have been not in the stress that you are now. Mm-hmm. It's just the board fucked up and it's it's just sad to see and now it's just fucking shambolic. Nobody knows what the fuck's happening. Nobody knows what's gonna happen. Uh, it's just shambolic, the whole board. Honestly, um, uh, I've hate I've hate as I, as I mentioned before I hated Man United beforehand, but now it's more more profound. More um, I hate I I hate the board now. It's not just the team, it's the board that I have a but, thing with because Ole Ole doesn't deserve it. I'm, I, I mean, think subconsciously that's what we always hated was the board. Like I yeah. have nothing like we like we love Fergie. We respect and appreciate obviously the vast history that man united has we've spoken about it before but i think subconsciously the thing we always hated about man united has been the board and it kind of shows because we've brought it up pretty often even in our podcasts and i'm sure if you go listen to guys on sky and all that it's probably the same thing i i it's 110 percent the board i still stand by the fact that Oli was clearly in way over his head there's no doubt about it uh, we all know that Woodward is beyond clueless and is a terrible mat like uh, GM. He's technically a GM, 
it, it's 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 the board. It's everyone above Ole. Everyone above the manager is a hundred and ten percent at fault for everything that is happening right now. Yeah, I, without I question. Wow, yo, Pep Guardiola gets paid nineteen point five million. Yeah, wow. Look at what he brings to the table. Oh, and Conte is second. Simeone is third. Mourinho is Mourinho's <laughs> and, and, fourth. And Conte's for eighteen months, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> so let that 18... sit in. He's second for eighteen months worth of contract. That's crazy. I he deserves it. Like, but he deserves I really it. I mean, it. and I I forget if we've spoken about it, but on the list of stats. Uh, Conte is the second highest in terms of win percentage. And he only spent two seasons in the Prem. Like, that is a feat and a half. It's Pep Guardiola at dead accurate 73%, and then Conte at 67. Yeah. And then Mourinho at third. No, it's and Tuchel then... actually in third. It's Tuchel, then it's Fergie. He's ahead of Fergie, man. Where's it? Uh, EPL. Okay, bro. I'm sorry. For, I'm sorry for my keyboard. I know like he's it's he's he's even above uh, Klopp. Like this like dude, like let that sink in. Like this guy was in the Prem for two years, and he has the second best win ratio in its history. That's insane. Above guys like uh, guys above guys like Klopp who have been nothing but dominant over the past three years. Like, it, that's, that's, that's craziness to me. Uh, screw these ads. I'm trying to see these stats for the fucking ads. <laughs> Rafa Benitez is... What? Okay, there's got to be something weird. Wait. Nah, this, this, uh, stat, this, is is fr- this, this stat is from Sky. So, I mean, I, <laughs> I trust their numbers. Yeah, no, this is something else. It's probably like current managers because I have Pep at seven... <laughs> 73%. That that's crazy, bro. That that's like you, you can't even do that in FIFA if you try. It's 72%. It's insane. Thomas Tuchel at 63. Jurgen Klopp at 63. Rafa at 49. Yeah, it's probably something else. That's not what I was looking for. And like I said, this is from this is from Sky Sports. And I, I sent to Alex not that long ago, and I forgot if we brought it up. But like I said, you know, just over two seasons, this guy's win record is 67%. That is insane. That's phenomenal, man. That's like, just... like let's, let's say you even account for Juve, where he did a season undefeated and stuff. He probably has a better record than uh, Pep. Oh, 100%. Because he, like, last year with Inter, he only lost three games. That's insane. Like, that, that's, like, hello. <laughs> That's like stupid. the people understand these numbers. That's stupid. Like his numbers might actually be some of the best all time and current. I mean, yeah, I mean, you can kind of see with these stats, and it just shows how dominant it's been. And hey, look, good to him. I'm happy for him. I'm excited to see what he's gonna do with Spurs. Uh, as I said before, it's not very, it's not a good sign for us. But hey, look, I don't give a shit. It's more exciting football for us. That's what it comes down to, man. Oh yeah, hundred percent, dude. Like it's it's absolutely ridiculous, and it is what it is. But there's a reason he is ultimately the like, you know, top cheese manager. I mean, that's just the way it goes. Like there, there's nothing else to do. He, like there's there's nothing else that you can possibly say. I just don't understand this man. Fucking with fucking Woodward, Woodward, like whatever his name is. Like, get out of that man. Like as much as I'm okay, I'm happy with like I'm it's good because it's kind of like fucking Manu more than anything and I'm happy with that. It's it's still sad, man. I have Manu, 
have friends that are Manu fans and they're just absolutely devastated. It's yeah, just... no kidding. Whatever, man. It is what it is. It, it, it is. Listen, guys, that's it. It is what it is. We, we move on. Uh, there's really nothing else to say. Uh, we're going to see what it brings. Uh, I mean, I think we'll end it on here. It's already uh, almost an, it's an hour and a quarter there. Yeah. Uh, so before we talk people's ears off too much, Alex and I will be back on Thursday. We decided that we'll also be back on Thursday as a recap of Champions League. Uh, like I said, there's 12 teams that could possibly make it through the next round over the next 48 hours. So we're going to go through that. We're going to see who makes it through, who missed out. Uh, you know, if there's any surprises, obviously. Uh, yeah. We'll see if, I, I'm not sure, we'll see if in this time frame, Manu is going to pick somebody up. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen. I think they're going to do, like you said, I think it's going to be an interim until next year. Take the yeah. summer to figure it out. Uh, Zidane already flat out said he's not going. He has yeah, no Zidane. interest. Yeah. So it's like, I, I, I don't know. Again, this just makes the board look stupider and stupider every day. Yeah, because if they came out and brought in Zidane, you'll be like, okay, whatever. They're not bringing in Zidane. You lost Zidane and you lost Conte. Go to next. Brendan Rodgers. They don't want Brendan Rodgers. Man U fans don't expect Brendan Rodgers. They want it's they don't they don't want Pochettino. They want big names. They wanted Conte. They wanted Zidane. Uh you can make a you can make a case for Ernesto Valverde because he's been so successful with uh with he was so successful with Barca. Mm-hmm. They're not gonna have him. It's like whatever, man. It's all it's all self-sabotage. All, the only the only people they can blame is themselves, and that's it. But but they don't, and and this is where fans do need to kind of kick in and start, you know, going after you. You, you got you got to make your voice heard, man. Like, yeah, it it it's tough. I get it because, like we've said multiple times, like football is an absolute religion in Europe. Uh, England is no, you know, is 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 no different. But yeah. at one point, you know, it's it's even like the fans here in Montreal. People just stop going to games. They're getting like six. Five six thousand empty seats a game because people are fed up, and I, that's the only way you could ever make a board realize what the hell is going on. Is you yeah, have to hit their pockets. That, that's that's all there is to it. Uh, you know, c- complaining online as f- I guess I don't know if fun is the right word, but we'll use it. As fun it is to complain and and call them out, it, it doesn't do anything, man. They, oh, they if, if they haven't listened till now, guys, they're not listening. They're, they're sure shit not starting to listen now. It's it's that simple. They don't care if you want if you if you want the message to hit home, you gotta hit the wallets, man. You guys have to talk with your wallets. Stop going to games. Stop supporting it, because yeah. it's at one point enough is enough as a fan, right? Like, like like we said, there's obviously a lot of history at Man United, so there's the romance. Like obviously you don't want them to completely flutter, so it's hard to see the it it sucks to see the issues that they're going through, but until the board does something, that's just which is not going to happen. So it's, it's up to the fans. It, it is what it is. Don't, don't show up, get planes to fly over again. Do, do what you got to do, but tweeting about it ain't going to change anything. And I'm really sorry to the people who believe that's the best way to do it, but it's not at all. It's not, but they don't give a shit. They, they, they don't, they, it's not like they read any of these things. It's not like they watch Sky Sports. They don't care. And that's, <laughs> and, and it's obvious, right? It's, we, we see it. Of course, but if they have no reaction to anything, it's, I mean, it's all over the news. I mean, OAL was all over the news for fucking what? A oh my good God, for pretty of, much all of last months. year. So it's like, whatever, man. It is what it is. I can't wait. Put Torres about Tottenham. Yeah, so, I mean, look, we'll end it here because it's 
it's been an hour 15. Uh, it's a good pod. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, we'll be back on Thursday. Hopefully, we'll be back with some Champions League review. That's mm-hmm. Sanjuri, uh, as Mr. Michael over here explained. Hopefully, something happens with Manu so we can report on it. Uh, we'll get you guys up to date if anything else happens. Uh, who knows? Maybe Conte gets sacked because, you know, this <laughs> is an absolute shit show. You never know what can happen. So, yeah, uh, we'll get you guys up to date. And, uh, I mean, anything yeah. else from you? That, no, but that's pretty much it. Well, we're going to see everyone on Thursday. Uh, as per usual, like we love to tell people, you know, uh, numbers are obviously spiking all over the world right now. So, you know, please stay vigilant, stay safe. Uh, keep those around you safe as well. Uh, keep, keep doing what you're doing. Like I said, uh, heads on a swivel and uh, just try and be as safe as humanly possible. I know it sucks that we're still in this mess and that winter's coming. So obviously it's even tougher to be indoors, but you know, it's, it's no joke. Germany's in a total shutdown again. Italy's going that way too. So, you know, wherever you're listening, just keep that in mind and uh, stay safe hundred percent. And we'll, we'll see you guys on Thursday. Yes, sirs and ma'ams. So to everyone out there, uh, have yourselves a wonderful (laughs) night. Stay warm and we'll see everyone on Thursday. Ciao, everybody. Ciao, Ciao, guys.